0: Chapter six part two of Pioneer Work in Opening the Medical Profession to Women by Elizabeth Blackwell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six part two England revisited, eighteen fifty eight. Easter was spent in the Isle of Wight revising the little work on the Laws of Life, an English edition of which was brought out by Sampson Lowe and Company. During this time, the plan of the proposed hospital was being circulated in London. It was during this visit to England that the important step was taken of placing a woman's name on the authorized medical register of the United Kingdom influential friends were desirous of keeping me in england they presented the various testimonials of english and continental study given by distinguished physicians and credentials of american practice to the medical council on this council of which sir benjamin brody was president were old friends of the saint bartholomew's days the subject was very carefully considered and after mature deliberation this just and important concession to qualified women was authorized i had the satisfaction of being enrolled as a recognized physician of my native land in the medical register of january first eighteen fifty nine to dr emily blackwell new york may thirteenth eighteen fifty nine my letter this week must be rather short for i am overwhelmed with all sorts of engagements previous to leaving for birmingham where i give my first provincial lecture next monday i have communicated to our little committee madame de Noailles's insistence upon a country site for the hospital and also the necessity that exists for not abandoning our work in new york until the institutions there are self-supporting they are very much disappointed by the country condition attached to the hospital but were i settled in england and working there it would not discourage them but all our friends seem to think that as the New York infirmary is the best argument that can be used for English work, its downfall would be an irreparable misfortune, and they are willing, under the circumstances, to let me go. Indeed, I find it necessary to come to a decision myself, and after carefully weighing everything, I have made up my mind to return, at any rate, for some time i can secure any amount of personal interest from various quarters but as the prospect of speedily realizing an institution where we could both work is put farther off i do not wish to stay under the circumstances Edgebuston, may seventeenth eighteen fifty nine a letter just received from the countess de noailles urges me to begin a sanatorium in the country near new york she says as the central hospital already exists in new york if you will allow me to help in beginning a sanatorium in country air i should be able to realize my idea at once I think you might obtain some house or farmhouse for the purpose in the course of the autumn or spring. The importance of convalescent hospitals in the country is beginning to be recognized in England. Let women be the first to set the example of one in America. I believe that in women's complaints they are of more importance than in any other and that in seven cases out of ten, the air alone would affect the cure. Now, I think this is extremely rational and liberal, and we must discuss together how we can do it for her. To Lady Byron 73 Gloucester Terrace, Hyde Park June tenth, 1859 it grieves me much to know of these constantly recurring illnesses crippling so valuable a life what a satire it is to call our science the art of healing my provincial trip has been very interesting to me as bringing me into contact with a great number of people in different classes of society, showing me everywhere a great want and an eager reception of what I have to give. From Leeds, Nottingham, and Edinburgh came earnest invitations to lecture. A message sent to my sister from Edinburgh stated a total revolution in womanly sentiment and that her reception would now be as hearty as it was formerly hostile a student from cambridge told me the young men were warmly in our favor mothers begged me for instruction in health young ladies listened eagerly to the idea of work three desired to become medical students wise old physicians ask me to break up certain fashionable london practices by substituting our own practice thus from many different points of view a deep interest awakens but everywhere the london experience was repeated viz., conversion women thinking themselves hostile but receiving the idea when they knew what it really meant But the sympathy is necessarily intellectual only. Practical reception and familiarity with the new position of women must necessarily be of slow growth. It must be, in fact, a life work. The children of the present generation will grow up accustomed to women doctors, respecting and trusting them. But the large majority of the adults will only hold a half-faith, and this will be a gradual growth. I am convinced that there would not be a rapidly brilliant success in England, such as some enthusiastic friends dream of. There is a call for the work, an admirable field, but the work itself is a very slow one, the steady conquest of innumerable difficulties, a creation, in fact. The hospital scheme, I think, premature." i had promised to bring it forward and have done so but i believe to be successful it must spring as in america out of private practice i have no faith in its rapid success my own opinions and plans then may be briefly summed up there is a valuable and much needed work to be done in england slow uphill work not remunerative my tour was an expense to me a repetition to a great extent of our last seven years work it would need us both to do it well and so greatly does england want just our experience that were it possible i should counsel the transference of our work to this side of the water but this we cannot do AND I SHALL THEREFORE ENDEAVOR TO PREPARE OTHERS FOR ENGLISH WORK BY RECEIVING AND EDUCATING STUDENTS IN AMERICA. IN AMERICA, AS HERE, IT IS A LIFE WORK. I SHALL GO BACK TO CREATE THE INSTITUTIONS OF WHICH WE HAVE PLANTED ONLY THE LITTLE GERM. IN TEN YEARS' TIME WE MAY HOPE FOR PERMANENT INSTITUTIONS THERE, WORTHY OF THEIR OBJECT, but we can during that time efficiently aid earnest young Englishwomen for their work here. Mrs. Bracebridge, who is much interested in this plan, is coming to London in Trinity Week for the special purpose of becoming acquainted with Mrs. Gurney and Mrs. Batten. They will form a committee for appointing and testing students. There will be a good deal of work connected with these arrangements, but directly it is completed, I leave, as I am much wanted, across the water. I shall see you, my dear friend, before I leave, about June 25th. I shall be sad to say good-bye, but I know that distance will not necessarily part us. 73 Gloucester Terrace, London, June 17th 1859. Dear E., I have only one piece of information to send, but that is of the highest importance, viz. that the Medical Council has registered me as physician. I have just learned the news from my lawyer, Mr. Shawn, who made the application, and at once forwarded the necessary fees that I may be published in the first register. THIS WILL BE OF IMMEASURABLE VALUE TO THE FUTURE OF MEDICAL WOMEN IN ENGLAND. 73 Gloucester TERRACE, JULY 7TH I am busy making inquiries about the plates, etc. I want to take over to New York. I cannot go to the expense of a journey to Paris, but I have the catalogue of Ozu, who stands unrivaled in the manufacture of papier-mâché models. I must make a selection and let the pieces be boxed up in Paris and sent direct by sailing-vessel. Vassalry is the modeler in wax. His models are the most exquisite things I have ever seen, but horribly dear. The microscope I shall buy in England i have settled to sail by the persia on the twenty third but the difficulty of deciding on our future course does not lessen i am convinced that england is the place where we should work to best advantage lady byron mrs bracebridge the peter Taylors, miss goldsmith each the centre of a large and very different set of people are each of them sure that we should have a large and valuable practice? Many doctors think the same. I cannot but think that the next ten years might be better spent in England than America. Our work is needed, and I know not who else can do it. Indeed, we seem peculiarly suited to do this work in England. Well, we will soon discuss these matters together, and I am managing as well as I can in shaping things here, and gathering information under the uncertainty. Returning to New York in August 1859, I found the permanent fund which had been commenced for the purchase of a hospital site prospering. The steady friends of the movement, Stacy B. Collins, Robert Haydock. Merritt Trimble and Samuel Willets formed the nucleus of an earnest band of supporters both men and women the spacious house 126 second avenue was purchased and adapted to the use of hospital and dispensary with accommodation for several students our able fellow worker dr Razuska having left us to superintend the new hospital in boston we carried on the rapidly growing work of the infirmary with the aid of intelligent graduates from philadelphia who came to us for practical instruction in medicine in addition to the usual departments of hospital and dispensary practice which included the visiting of poor patients at their own homes we established a sanitary visitor this post was filled by one of our assistant physicians whose special duty it was to give simple practical instruction to poor mothers on the management of infants and the preservation of the health of their families an intelligent young colored physician dr cole who was one of our resident assistants carried on this work with tact and care experience of its results served to show that the establishment of such a department would be a valuable addition to every hospital correspondence with english friends continued AND WE WERE DEEPLY INTERESTED BY THE FOLLOWING LETTERS FROM MISS ELIZABETH GARRETT, WHO WAS BRAVELY COMMENCING THE NECESSARY PIONEER WORK IN ENGLAND. OLDBUR, SUFFOLK, JANUARY 2, 1861 I feel anxious to tell you how very much I enjoy the work and study, as this is to a great extent unexpected to me as i had not any very strong interest in the subjects and was led to choose the profession more from a strong conviction of its fitness for women than from any absorbing personal bias i was prepared to find the first year's preparation work tedious and wearing that this has not been the case is i believe mainly due to the fact of my having access to the hospital practice, which acts as a continual aid and stimulus to study. For three months I attended as a probationary nurse, learning what I could both from the doctors and nurses, and reading in the spare moments. It was, however, very difficult to make way in this desultory manner the temptation to discursiveness and want of system met me continually and at last i determined to begin the study of anatomy chemistry and materia medica, working steadily at these and enduring the ignorance of other branches which could not be studied rightly till a foundation of this kind had been laid in pursuance of this plan when the three months' nursing had expired, I had an interview with the treasurer of the hospital, and asked permission to visit the wards and go round with the house doctors. This Mr. DeMorgan agreed to, and also suggested that Mr. Plasket, the apothecary, should be asked to take me as a pupil in the dispensary, which I found him very willing to do. Mr. DeMorgan, however— will hold out no hope of my being admitted as a regular student and the general feeling seems to be that each doctor is willing to help me privately and singly but they are afraid to countenance the movement by helping me in their collective capacity this will however come in time i trust and in the meantime it is a great thing to meet with so much individual courtesy and help. When I left the special nursing work, Dr. Willis, the house physician, offered to superintend my reading in private lessons at my own house, which was precisely the kind of help I was most glad to accept. I continued to go to the hospital early, and go round the female medical wards alone, making notes of all difficulties, and writing descriptions of heart and chest sounds, and diagnosing as well as I can. This occupies the time till Dr. Willis comes, when I go round again and consult him upon all doubtful points, and learn a great deal by observing his method and principles. After this, I go into the dispensary, for two or three hours, and learn the pharmacopoeia practically, and spend the afternoon in study in a room which the authorities have kindly lent me in the hospital. I am to continue on my present footing till April, but beyond that time I have no very clear plans. I wish to get all the education that is possible in London, even if it must be of a private or irregular kind." Perhaps it would be best to call upon Dr. Southwood Smith, Dr. Mayo, and Dr. Jenner, and hear if they can help me into any other medical school. I should be very glad to know your opinion upon the plan of applying for admittance as a student at the Middlesex for the next winter session, and also what you would advise in the event of this being refused." twenty two manchester square may eighth eighteen sixty two i have delayed writing hoping that i might have at last some good news of success to give you now as this seems farther off than i had hoped it would be i will delay no longer I think Mrs. Russell Gurney wrote you that I was spending all my time just now in preparing for the matriculation examination of the University of London. I decided to make this the first step, in consequence of the experience last summer brought us. We then made three very careful and vigorous efforts to gain the admission of women into a medical school. Those we tried were the Middlesex, the Westminster, and the London Hospitals. And early in this year we attempted the Grosvenor Street School. I need not tell you we were in each case unsuccessful, though in one or two cases the adverse decision was gained by a very small majority of votes. In each case, those gentlemen who opposed always urged as one ground for their doing so that as the examining bodies were not prepared to admit women into their examinations, the school could not educate a woman to be an illegal practitioner, and that by doing so they would incur the certain risk of injuring the school in the eyes of the public without really aiding women the medical papers also took up the same line the lancet was particularly anxious to point out that we were beginning at the wrong end and that the first thing we should do was to settle the question of examination i also had private information from several of the lecturers at the middlesex that if i could matriculate at the london university and enter as a medical student for its examinations, my friends at their school would do all they could to get the adverse decision there altered. I therefore applied to the apothecaries' Hall and to the College of Surgeons, asking the latter body if they would allow me to compete for the special diploma for midwifery which they now give. This was refused, with an intimation that the college would not in any way countenance the introduction of ladies into the medical profession. The application to the hall was more fortunate. The question turned on a legal technicality, and was referred to counsel and finally decided in my favor. I must, of course, conform to all the ordinary regulations— but when I have done so, I can obtain the license to practice granted by that body. One of the regulations I have met without difficulty, viz., being apprenticed to a medical man for five years before the final examination. I had indentures made out as soon as I knew the decision. The second one, spending three years in a medical school in the United Kingdom, is more difficult. It is something to be able to say when applying for admission into a school that the Hall would examine me and give me its license. Still, as the license is not all that I want, I thought it better to make an effort at some university for the M.D. For many reasons, it seems desirable to make the attempt at the London University. The medical examinations there are exceedingly good. The constitution of the body is of the most liberal description, and no residence is required, nor any teaching given, so that the students would not be brought into any kind of contact till they met in the examination room. Students of all kinds, whatever degree they may ultimately desire to take, are required to pass the matriculation examination in arts, and this includes the classics, natural philosophy, and mathematics, besides a modern language, and the ordinary school subjects, history and geography, and is altogether an examination which would require a more liberal and careful education, in the case of girls, than is now generally given even if the candidates never went in for the m a or b a degree it was clear that the only chance of obtaining admission to the examinations generally lay in keeping the question on the widest most general ground advocating the claims of governesses and other women who required a good general examination without introducing the question of medical degrees or the admission of women to any new professions. The university is about to have a new charter, and we therefore thought that this was the time to raise the question by praying the Senate to obtain the insertion of a clause expressly extending to women the benefits of their examinations. Before doing this, we had submitted the present charter to the Attorney-General, and had had his opinion upon the power of the Senate to admit women upon its authority, as it is now drawn up. He thought they had no power to do so, and therefore there was no alternative but to ask for a new clause. In order to get some expression of the general feeling on the question, circulars similar to the one I send you were extensively distributed." More than one thousand five hundred were sent out, and as a result we have obtained a very respectable number of names as allies. Some of their letters were so cordial that we had extracts printed and sent to the members of the Senate with the list of names. The Vice-Chancellor and Mr. Grote were throughout most kindly ready to help us, and to give the proposal the full weight of their influence." The discussion at the Senate came on yesterday, and was a most lengthened and animated one. Of twenty-one members present, ten were for, ten against, and one neutral. The Chancellor, Lord Granville, then had the casting vote, and gave it against us. "'I am exceedingly sorry.' as this would have been fraught with such great benefit to many different classes of women and would i think have been just the encouragement needed by girls when they leave school to keep them interested in their studies and out of the merely fashionable or domestic life they are so liable to fall into it would also have been a great encouragement to parents and would have made them more willing to let their daughters have time and opportunity for culture after they leave the schoolroom. These advantages would have been widely felt, and for professional women, whether governesses or physicians, the opportunity of being able to take a degree would have been invaluable. However, it is not to be had now. Perhaps, when they are having another charter eight or ten years hence, we may try again and succeed. I do not imagine there is much chance of being able to do more at any other university in the United Kingdom than we can do here, so that I fear the possibility of ever obtaining an English degree as M.D. is a very remote one my notion now is to try to get into a school and obtain the apothecary's hall license if this should prove possible it would occupy between three and four years from next october i should then wish to come to america and obtain the m d there and then spend a year in paris I should be glad to know if you think I ought to make a point of getting the best M.D. diploma I can, either in America or on the continent, if it should prove impossible to obtain one here, and if I can get the apothecary's license. My own feeling is in favor of having the M.D. Though it should be a foreign one, I believe it would command more respect than the license from the hall would alone. I am fortunately able to choose to do whatever is most advisable, as I need not be in a hurry to enter upon the profession from pecuniary or any other motives, and I think I cannot aid the cause more soundly than by trying to do everything in the most thorough and exact way." It would be well, I think, to spend a good deal of time and strength on getting the very best diploma or certificate open to women. Should it prove to be quite impossible to get into a school, the license from the hall would not be within my reach. I must, in this case, rely entirely on foreign diplomas and on American schools. I shall not be too ready to admit this necessity, as I fear the advantage to the cause would be greatly diminished by the fact of my being educated in America. I should be very glad to spend a year with you in the infirmary after having studied in a school here, but I should be very sorry to give up my English friends and interests for the whole period of study, if it can by any means be avoided. Still, If it cannot, I am ready to go on with the work. The time spent in study has been most pleasant, and I am more than ever convinced both that this special work is one which a woman may have a divine right to engage in, and that every single woman's life is both happier and more useful if she has an absorbing interest and pursuit. I shall be very glad to have your advice when you can kindly find time to write me. Believe me, yours sincerely, E. Garrett. End of chapter six, part two.